Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this Garage Logic podcast best of. I'd give you the uh, record temperatures, but I'm out of the I'm out of the room today. And those record temperatures, of course, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping your beach free of weeds. Over the past several weeks, I've gone through some of the documented shows that we've had, flagging some of the callers that, under the direction of the mayor, Joe asked me to save. Some of these callers stand on their own. Some are euphorians. Some are great callers. So I hope you'll enjoy this best of Garage Logic. Now, for this first hour, back in 02, Time Magazine had a special issue on how to save the earth. Joe read through it, and he cornered the uh, reporter Chris Taylor, who said weed whackers emit a billion tons of hydrocarbons a year. Have a listen. It kind of develops and then eventually does talk to a Mr. Taylor, but you're tuned to the best of Garage Logic. Hope you enjoy the show. And essentially what they are are 10 new products that these euphorians on the staff of time would apparently approve of you using, right? Uh, one's called the Spin X. The humble tumble dryer is the most power-hungry appliance in the average Western home. Western is capitalized. Right there, that one sentence gives you the idea of the bias at work with these young staffers in New York. The dryer is seen as an example of Western privilege uh, and Western uh, uh, use of natural resources. The humble tumble dryer is the most power-hungry appliance in the average Western home. So why not put your clothes in for a spin instead using centrifugal force and minimal electricity? The Spin X will suck a quart of water out of laundry in a mere two minutes. Your big, old, ugly dryer takes 30 minutes to complete the same task. So that was that product. But the one that really got me and the one that made me realize if the time subscription ever comes to me, I just throw it away. I'm done with them. I have been for some time. The robotic lawnmower. Right there's a picture of it. This is a particular affront to garage logicians. Here's how being eco-friendly can make your weekend easier. While two-stroke weed whackers are horrible for the planet, releasing a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year, the RoboMore runs on a rechargeable battery, and it does your lawn for you. Just put down a perimeter wire so it knows where to go. Sit back and enjoy the silence. All right. Does it stand to reason? First of all, most people that I know, maybe this, maybe uh, the time uh, staffer who wrote this, maybe the time staffer knows somebody who actually cuts a lawn with a weed whacker. Right. Most people I know use lawnmowers. So... So why, why that capricious and arbitrary introduction of weed whacker to a little blurb about some pissant robotic lawnmower that doesn't work worth crap? Why stick weed whacker in there? All right. We don't know that. Mm -hmm. except, except the guy who wrote this, or the woman, wanted to get in there the idea that Weed whackers release a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. Does that stand to reason? I think I mean, we don't know that might be in order. Well, of course. Uh, we don't know that. Think of that for a minute. Does that, that makes no sense. 
you really got to trust your own eyes and ears and experiences because there's uh, the likes of Time, A.L. Warner, uh, AOL, Time, Warner, whatever they're called, uh, newspapers, National Geographic. For goodness sakes, you got to really search out to get some balanced information here. First of all, people don't cut their lawns with weed whackers. And secondly, I mean, I have a weed whacker. And the total amount of time, it's, and I use it, the total amount of time that that's been run this summer hasn't equaled five minutes, three minutes. You start it up, zip, zip, zip around the lamppost, a little zip, zip, zip around the fence. Uh, whoop, there's a weed there. Bing, bang, boom, put her away. What? A billion tons. And, and then I'm supposed to take this issue uh, credibly and seriously. That's just a small example. I didn't, I couldn't, I can't go through the rest of it. Well, special I can't report. do it anymore. I, I don't have the patience or the, uh, the energy or the, uh, I don't have the inner calm to do it. Because <laughs> it, it's just infuriating. And we have, uh, the, we have a globe sitting in the petals of a flower. What color? Well, it's, it's a lot of red, uh, and, and particularly interesting, most of, uh, of uh, North America above the United States is red oh, on this okay. globe, ah. you know, because I'm sure the icebergs sure. are melting, yeah. and glaciers are melting. But the globe itself is sitting in a yellow flower on the cover. The hot and wild weather is a sign of things to come, it says on the cover. Uh, we don't know that. And then... Uh, but fresh ideas and new technology can cool us down and make this a green century. And then it goes on to say how to save the earth. But, but you're supposed to take the advice of people how to save the earth from people who report to you that weed whackers release a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. That's preposterous. It just doesn't, it just, it, it could not bear up under, under any kind of scientific examination. That figure could not bear up under any mathematical scrutiny. It just so there. So there's the issue, gang. If you guys want to read it, I can't. I, I just, uh, I just, I just can't. A billion tons of hydrocarbons from weed whackers. Uh, Bob. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think I think you do a great job, and you've gone more than the extra mile on. Uh, on uh, fighting the euphorians, but I, I really do think that you need to go the extra mile and, besides the mayor, become the logician's mathematician to figure out how many gallons of fuel this billion tons of car, uh, hydrocarbons is so you can figure out per person. Now, I'm, I'm in my car, and I don't have a calculator. I figure it, it ends up being somewhere in the 40 to 50 gallons per person on the planet <laughs> if if you consider there are six billion people on the planet right uh if the specific weight of gasoline and water are roughly the same and if every pound of gasoline equals one pound of hydrocarbon which it does not uh no it doesn't but but the idea here is to figure that uh I don't know about you, but I don't put 30 gallons of fuel through my weed whacker every year, and I doubt Joe Wang in China or, uh, uh, you know, some guy in India has got one either. That accounts for, you know, what, third half of the people in the world. 
Um, so that doubles the amount for the people who are left, and that's man, woman, and child. You're, uh, you're making me enthusiastic to try and call the writer Chris Taylor at Time Magazine. This, this, is, this is so far-fetched. I, I don't care if you want to figure in corporate cutting for you know, businesses, golf courses. I don't think you're going to get anywhere close to this. I, I don't see how you can. But, but the idea is, you know, this kind of crap goes out over the news wire. Somebody's got to refute it with some facts. Right, I agree. Thank you. You, uh, you know who you can count out are those people that are living with the leaky pipes? In uh, Calcutta. Right, in Calcutta. I don't think they have weed whackers. <laughs> right. Well, it, uh, it makes a great The author of this uh, two-page little bright on the 10 new products that will make the planet greener, is Chris Taylor. But probably more useful than calling Chris Taylor, or just as useful, would be if we had the knowledge of how to refute this. And, and as the caller said, I, I mean, I don't know how to do it. Uh, I'm I'm not the math guy. I don't know how to do it, except common sense tells me, no, wait a minute. Uh, I have a weed whacker. The, the, the gas tank on the weed whacker doesn't even hold, it probably holds a quarter of a gallon, right? Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been filled yet this year. And I probably use it as much as the average evil Western civilization homeowner. I mean, I use it right. when uh, when it needs to be used. And I'm thinking, oh, so I'm reading this last night, and I'm thinking, I can't take this. This this makes no sense. But what we would need is, uh, uh, I suppose what we would need to know is, uh how many and uh, uh, how many hydrocarbons are produced by burning a gallon of gasoline? In this case, it'd be uh, a gas mixed with two-cycle oil, if that would be factored into the equation. But it would seem to me that there are many listeners uh, uh, capable of uh, demonstrating the folly of this kind of reporting that that serves no purpose other than to kind of cast this suspicion on Western civilization because they don't use weed whackers in India uh, or China or uh, many places in the world. They got sickles. So it's, it's basically an American toy. Oh, the West, sure. So it's a Western thing. So, well... If somebody wants to figure out how to do the math, we'll be glad to take the call. I still say we should call time, though. Let's make an effort. This is the emotional wish of new urbanist euphorians who don't like cars and don't like weed whackers and don't like ATVs and don't like the fact that you have a nice house out in Chaska or Lakeville or up in East Bethel. These are euphorians who are going to 
build a train and shove it down your throat. It has nothing to do with making sense. Let me repeat, particularly for all those in newsrooms, I love public transportation and use it exclusively if I'm in a town where it makes sense. This makes no sense. And the spin we're getting today is the funding just isn't there. We need to up, up the funding, and, and fares are going to pay 30% of it. And Oh, this is great because we'll be able to not leave anybody behind on the platform. Do you want to hear a real sacrilege? Mm-hmm. Let me. Can I jump in quick? Mm-hmm. Would you take Chris Taylor in an hour? He's doing an interview right now. Other pe- are other people on to this, or is he doing an interview? Yes. Okay. okay. be fun to ask him the question. Uh, What's a sacrilege here? Do you know where they're displaying the light rail car at the State Fair? Machinery Hill. Duluth it. Duluth it. Once, young males gazed lovingly at tractors and combines and reapers. They're displaying a light rail car on Machinery Hill. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. And yes, both papers had the uh, similar stories on the... uh, Banning ATV use by kids. Uh, Incomplete stories because the statistical gaps were not provided for the reader. Uh, We are to be alarmed that injuries are on the increase, but we've been offered uh, very scant information on the increase in the numbers of ATVs at use. And the tip-off to the story is what are the environmental groups? Do, Do you think that's just altruism on their part? that they're really worried about. The, they will, they're like barnacles that will attach themselves to anything to get their a point across, and they don't want you on an ATV. And so now they're seizing on the injury angle. But I discovered, Matt, even something more interesting in my beloved two daily newspapers. Really? I have a love-hate relationship with them. I know. Uh, part of the ongoing lesson... Uh, in GL and how to read newspapers, uh, I should have uh, I should have mentioned in the past if I have not, would involve in noting what's not in the newspaper. Okay, what what's misses? Not here's the sign. Not in the newspaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a very interesting story that the, only the St. Paul paper had today. I've gone through the Tribune. I've gone through the Tribune's website. I've refreshed. I'm speaking of the enemy paper, Minneapolis Star Tribune. I've refreshed its website a couple times. I even went to the bottom where it says more stories and more stories and more mm-hmm. stories until I'm reading, you know, tuna fish salad recipes. Right. You know what I'm after? I, th- I think I... Does it have to do with an old man? Yes, it does. Okay, good. Now, a story that took place in Minneapolis, St. Paul has it. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. Great story. Why doesn't Minneapolis have it? I'll look again. Do you see anything? The... Do you see anything during the break here? 
Oh, I'm going to look during the I break. I see you got your cheaters on. I got them on. Are right, you we'll checked? We'll and we'll have that Chris Taylor from Time Magazine on at 3.50 p.m. Grand. Oh, isn't this interesting? He's their San Francisco correspondent. Oh, boy. Isn't that that blue... Uh, blue water network? Blue water crowd? What if he's a member? Blue, blue yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> ho, ho. Come into my parlor. He, he. Ha, ha. You know, we've been talking a lot lately about back in the day, it seemed we only swam on one side of the dock because the other side of the dock was considered crab land, no man's land, too full of weeds. But now with Aquaside products... Use Aquaside products on both sides of the dock and expand the swimming area. Aquaside has been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of anything from weeds to algae. The products are easy to use. They work right away. Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for your family, the lake, the fish. So don't let these kids get tangled up in weeds all summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You don't need a permit. Shipping is free. And as I say, fan these pellets out there and watch them go to work right away. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350, 1-800-328-9350, or go to Aquaside.com and get a weed-free swimming beach for you and your family. You see them all the time, outside, in alleyways, leaning against houses looking run down and forlorn. When there seems to be little hope left, they are impounded. This is where you can help by making a small tax-deductible donation to the Lawnmower Society of Gumption County. You can make a positive difference in the mechanical performance and well-being of these still useful machines until they can find caring homes. Mowers at the Lawnmower Society suffer from problems like clogged carburetors, dull blades, rock damage, and unchanged oil. By making a simple donation to the Lawnmower Society of Gumption County, you will be ensuring that they receive the mechanical care and degreaser they need. You can help a lawnmower go from this to this. To make a donation or to adopt one of the dozens of mowers at the Gumption County Lawnmower Society, go to lsgc.org. The Lawnmower Society of Garage Logic, operated by Mr. Unbelievable, and let them mow. Mow like the wind again. All right, GLers, I need your help. We're going to have this screwball from time on at 350. Now, I know enough to know that it just defies common experience to think that weed whackers produce a billion tons of hydrocarbons a year but i need i need ammo now it may be too that this guy is chris taylor a guy do we know that whatever yes what if he's so stupid he thinks he calls maybe that's his slang term for a lawnmower weed whackers Mm -hmm. but even even so Lawnmowers wouldn't produce a billion tons of hydrocarbons a year. Because, again, you're pretty much limiting the use of these implements to the United States, to evil Western civilization. Kevin? 
Kevin? Hello? You're on the air. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, Joe. Hi. Say, I uh, just wanted to get back to the uh, to the rainstorm. Well, first off, if I can uh, swerve a little bit, uh, is there any GLer out there that, that makes uh, picket signs? Uh, maybe we should go up and picket the uh, uh, Machinery Hill. I'm with you. That's a, that's a travesty. That's a I've lived sacrilege. Here. I've lived here 20 years, and uh, fortunately I got here in time to, uh, to see Machinery Hill in, the day, in its heyday when it had machinery on it instead mm-hmm. of the, the kitty rights now. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right, that's, uh, that is a sacrilege. But uh, something I wanted to bring to your attention is that we've now had, what, the third or fourth wettest uh, uh, year in history, right? Is that what we're talking about uh, these days? Climatological summer, June, July, and August. Right, okay. Uh, Rush the other day was talking about the uh, funding that's been uh, uh, put together by Congress to relieve the drought-inflicted states of uh, the Midwest and the West. Okay, i got 30 seconds left. Okay, Minnesota is one of those states, and it also seems to coincide that every state that's on this list is one that has a, uh, a pending Senate race or, uh, or congressional seats that are up for grabs that uh, Tom Daschle doesn't want to fall in the hands of the Republicans. But how is it that we're a drought state when we're getting three, four, five, and six-inch rainstorms uh, throughout the summer? It's obscene. It is obscene. Uh, what do we do about it? I have no idea, but uh, I think it's real interesting because what they're doing is they're actually sending money to the districts in order to uh, so the incumbents can go home and say, see what we've done for you. have to talk to Mr. Wellstone about it. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, stay tuned. Garage uh, Logic uh, is open. Uh, I got some GLers who are going to help me with uh, information on this billion tons. Stay tuned. GLers, be sure to get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's the height of summer right now. It's the height of the grilling season, and there's no better place for brats than Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Right now, Spencer Grunhofer is doing slider patties, including bacon and cheddar, cheese curd, regular and a brat patty. Rookie burger and ribeye burger in combo packs now. New lasagna brat, incredible chicken brats, jerky, bacon, double-smoked ham. They'll cut that bacon any way you want it, by the way. Buffalo and elk patties, flat iron skirt and hanger steak, beef short ribs, sliced jerky meat to make your own jerky. But best of all, for all of these picnics during the week of the 4th of July, choose from more than 130 flavors of brats. It is absolutely a brat palace. These are pork brats. You don't boil these. You get out there on the grill and you have your own brat bracket. Uh, beef brats too. Chicken brats. As, as I say, the, the the jerky, the beef jerky, the chicken jerky, whatever you want. It's unimaginable. The, flour, uh, the flavors keep changing every day. Uh, sponsor uh, Grunhofer is a professional meat cutter. You'll enjoy talking to him. Everyone in the shop knows how to help you. Uh, Spencer Grunhofer. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats.com. Gas weighs between six and seven pounds a gallon. All right, how do we arrive at that? Oh, well, I got just, enough emails to. to okay. Die. But you know what? Uh, but they're talking fumes, aren't they? Hydrocarbons. Okay. Over you and I, uh, you and I. <laughs> I'm shutting up because it's uh, over my head. Go out in the backyard and just wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> Bob? Joe? Hi. How are you? Good. I think I have the answer for you. All right. In 1999, total gasoline production in the United States was 123 billion gallons. That works out to less than a half a billion tons. So in other words, he's claiming that we're burning, uh, emitting more 
hydrocarbon vapors into the air by a factor of two or more than the total gasoline consumption in the United States. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense at all, Joe. In 1999, the United States used 123 billion gallons of gas. Right. That was a production statistic. The, for the U.S. only, one, right. 123 billions, and, and, right. and, and then continue, and that resulted in what? That's less than a half a billion tons. If you multiply the 123 by 7 and divide it by 2,000, you come out with less than half a billion tons. Right. Which is less by a factor of two than what they're claiming the hydrocarbon emissions are into the, uh, into the atmosphere from weed whackers. And you base this on gas weighing what a gallon? About seven pounds. Seven pounds a gallon. Right. And uh, using 123 billion gallons of uh, 123 billion gallons of gas weighs less than a half billion tons. That's right. And he's claiming that weed whackers uh, shot into the air a billion tons of hydrocarbons. He's got to be off by a factor of a. Uh thousand or ten thousand joe i would think so yeah all right thank you he's way out in left field all right thank you you're welcome joel hi joe how you doing good um i'm not a math guy either but uh i do work out at the airport and uh what i do for a living is i fuel planes right so we have a formula out there when we fuel planes called a calculated ad all right and what you do is uh, you're converting pounds of uh, jet fuel into gallons by doing this. Mm -hmm. And I won't try and boggle your mind too much, okay? Mm -hmm. um, what I've got here basically is a very rough analog I'm going to give you. All right. And I'm going to tell you right up front that it's probably going to be flawed because you're converting a liquid into a, a vapor, essentially, and you're probably going to get more in terms of a vapor or a gaseous substance than you would, you know, in a liquid form. So that's basically the flaw. But if you assume that there is a one-to-one -one ratio between a gallon of gas burned and, say, a pound of hydrocarbons released in the atmosphere, mm -hmm. okay, what you need to do is divide 1 billion by 2,000. Mm -hmm. That will give you pounds. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then divide that number by 6.84. Now, this is another analog because this is a average fuel density for jet fuel. Now, I don't know what uh, the fuel density for gasoline is, but this is jet fuel I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you divide that number by 6.84, what that will do will yield the number of gallons consumed in order to create 1 billion pounds of hydrocarbons, assuming a one-to-one -one ratio. Now, I'll tell you, if you want to get a better read on this, Rookie lives about two doors down from my wife's aunt and uncle. And my wife's uncle is a uh, scientist out at 3M. He could probably give you very good information on that. All right. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank, Have a good day. Thank you. I mean, the guy's trying to be helpful, but do you think I got a shot?
Right. I mean, I'm thinking, you know. How's that work? My brain hurt. <laughs> right. I think uh, we I think don't, there's many things I want to discuss today. I just think it would be fun to capture a Time Magazine reporter in his following. Hey, GLers, DK Mags is the best gun shop in town. No hyperbole. Well, at least for this firearm aficionado anyway. And I, I got to tell you, I've been to most of them. Their website, dkmags.com, it's a good place to start if you haven't heard of them. And if you've never been to their shop up in New Brighton, at dkmags.com, you're going to find fair pricing on a very vast selection of firearms and accessories. DK Mags has been all the rage since 1999 because of, well, uh, uh, number one, the friendly service. No matter who you are or your level of expertise or lack thereof, they treat us all the same. And number two, the staff, buku knowledge and no attitude. If you're just getting started or maybe you just need another toy, gunsmithing, holsters, ammo, you name it, DKMags.com in New Brighton is the best gun shop in town. Oh, hey, uh, be sure to check out their other location up in Monticello. It's called Monticello Pawn and Gun, just another part of the DKMags.com family. Uh, they're located right in the heart of Gumption County, Monticello Pawn and Gun and DKMags.com. I think, I, I think even I can figure this out, one way to figure it out. This guy for time says, Weed Whackers release a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. Let's just keep it in pounds. If a pound of gasoline weighs seven pounds, wait a minute. If a gallon, <laughs> if a of, gasoline. gallon of gasoline okay. <laughs> weighs seven pounds, yep. How many gallons are required to come up with the number one billion? Good luck. I'll no, be no, over here. help me. I'll be over here. If you don't need me. know. Uh, my because well, because that alone might. Two says no. Okay, two but says no. I know, but all the people calling are a lot smarter than I am. I'll say. I'm a social observer. <laughs> I'm not a classroom type. <laughs> uh. No, I want to know that. If a gallon of gas weighs seven pounds, how many gallons? <laughs> this is where I, and, and testing, I, if this was on a test, this is where I would just give up and, and say, I can't do this. No, if a gallon of gas weighs seven pounds, how many That's all I, I gallons yep. are required to come up with the number one billion? Well, isn't... Isn't that, don't you just divide seven into a billion? Seriously. Uh, well, do that on your calculator. Divide seven into a billion. Okay, I've, I've got a million. Mine goes up to a million. God help us. Okay, a million divided by seven. Seven equals, Yeah. Uh, that would be 142,857,000. Yeah. Pardon me. What's a hundred? Did, <laughs> did you hear that? Uh, I think no. I did. What? <laughs> I thought my mic was off. What? 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 What number did you just give me? I gave you one hundred, one hundred forty-two million. What? What is that? I said how many gallons of gas? Oh. Uh, 
I, this is where I write on the, the sheet, I don't know. I'm quitting this accounting class and going to Brown Institute and going into a broadcast career. <laughs> right after I check myself out of the psych ward. I don't understand. I'm losing I, it. Never mind. Give the guy in two a crack at it. They all are knowledgeable. Nobody can make it simple enough for me because I'm an idiot. Right. But I know the guy at times more of an idiot than me. Right. Chris? Yes. Help me. Okay. We'll try to make it as, as easy as possible. Oh, boy. We... Just a minute. I'm starting a new piece of paper. Okay. All right. He said he's got a billion tons. He says weed whackers put a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. Okay. Well, there's about 280 million people in this country. Right. So if you divide 1 billion by 280 million, you get about 3.5. Yeah. Well, that means 3.5 tons of hydrocarbons per person. A ton is 2,000 pounds, so that's 7,000 pounds of hydrocarbons per person. Divide by seven, a thousand gallons of gasoline per person burned each year in weed whackers. Once more, I think I can handle this. Start at the beginning. Okay. 280 million people in the country. 280 million people in the country. Right. And if there's a billion tons of hydrocarbons, that Bill, means Just that a minute. Bill tons of HC. Yep. Yep. So we divide that billion by the 280 million. Yep. Gives us about 3.5. That says every man, woman, and child has to burn 3.5 tons, or produce 3.5 tons of hydrocarbons from weed whackers each year. What's the 3.5 again? 3.5 is uh, how many... Uh, is 280 million divided into a billion. Yep. Is 3.5. Uh, so 3.5 is uh, is what? That's the number of tons of hydrocarbons that he's claiming generated each year per every person in the United States. Okay, that's right. Generated yep. by each person. Yep. And since a ton is 2,000 pounds... A ton equals 2,000 pounds, yep. We take the 3.5 times the 2,000, and we get 7,000 pounds. Take 3.5 times 2,000... Equals, what's that? Seven thousand. That's, that's the seven thousand pounds of hydrocarbons. So each man, woman, and child in the U.S. would have to uh, uh, be uh, responsible for seven thousand pounds of hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. And if the weed whackers turned all of the gas right into hydrocarbons, we could divide that seven thousand by about seven pounds per gallon for gasoline and get that we have to burn a 1,000 gallons of gasoline for every man, woman, and child in the country in weed whackers every year. All right. My lawn isn't that big. No, and, and weed whacking ain't that fun. Nope. No. All right, thank you. You're welcome. You got that? You back him, You got my back on that? Uh, yep. You got me on that? I don't know any karate, but I got your back. You got me? Yeah.
cigars, whiskey, great conversation, and a chance to win a free humidor and a box of Stogies. If that sounds good, you got to check out the Ashton Cigar Grand Tasting at Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. Friday, July 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10 and include whiskey tasting, dark chocolate, almonds, and a free Ashton cigar. Also a raffle to win an extra-large Savoy humidor and a box of Ashton Symmetry cigars. Buy five Ashton cigars and receive one free raffle ticket. Buy one box of Ashton cigars and receive 10 free raffle tickets. Come out to Sodi Cigar and Pipe for the Ashton Grand Tasting Friday, July 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Get your tickets now at Sodi's Cigar and Pipe, located right off of Highway 36 and Osgood in Stillwater. Details on the Grand Tasting event on July 26th and the shop itself are available at Sodi'sCigars.com. Sodi'sCigars.com. You know, we're not trying to do a bit here, right? I'm sure it's painful for uh, a lot of the GLers to listen to a struggle with this, right? Well, you. <laughs> Me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not struggling. I gave up long ago. I'm uh, halfway into my lunch. <laughs> Skip class. Jeez, uh, that's just part of my brain doesn't work. Yeah, but here's the deal, though. You need to figure this out because when this guy throws that it. junk in there and I'm it goes unchecked, I mean, that's why you got to stick with it. You. That's why you got to stick with yeah, it. Me. <laughs> but that's right. When he throws that out there, people believe it, and now you're going to take him to task on it with ammo. Okay. You keep cheering me on. <laughs> All right. I'm over here if you need me. You got my back. <laughs> Greg? Joe. Help. Okay, I'm going to try. I, I appreciate what everyone's done, I, and I, I apologize for being this stupid. Well, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, the, the Time article said 1 billion tons a of, year. Of hydrocarbons by weed whackers. Okay, if I'm right, 1 billion tons is 2 trillion pounds. Uh, yep, I, oh. I got that somewhere. Yep. To get, to get 2 trillion pounds of this stuff in the air a year... We'd have to be emitting, these things would have to emit 63,373 pounds every second of the day, every day of the year for a year. <laughs> Give me that number again, 63 what? 63,373. Yep. Um, I round it off down just yeah. to make the numbers a little bit easier. Yeah. 63,373 pounds per second. Every every second of every minute of every day of 365 days a year, while you sleep, while everything. Yeah. That's a lot. It's an impossibility. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. All right, thank you. Thank you. Mike? Yeah, Joe, the only thing, I agree with you totally, 100%. The only problem I have are... Weed whackers are usually two cycle, and you have to mix oil with them. And I wonder if that's what he's taking into account too. I got a feeling uh, that even taking that into account, it it it's a mathematical impossibility for a weed whacker to produce a billion tons of hydrocarbons. Oh, I agree totally. But when you're mixing the oil, you just make a bluer smoke. You know, that's all. I, that's the only thing I thought of was he took into account that you had to mix oil with it. Yeah. I'm well, we'll get there. Thank you. Jim? Yeah, hello, Joe. How you doing? Calling from Bemidji. 
Hey, Joe, this is Bemidji Jim. I've called you before, but this guy's chemistry from time, he doesn't know what he's talking about. When you oxidize hydrocarbon, fancy word for burn, all you're doing is you're burning hydrocarbons. You cannot produce hydrocarbons by burning hydrocarbons. Mm -hmm. The product of combustion is oxides of nitrogen, carbon monoxide, and a couple other things. When you burn, even with oil mixed with gasoline, that, that combustion burns those hydrocarbons. There's no way you can produce hydrocarbons by burning hydrocarbons. That's like saying you'll produce wood by burning wood. Hmm. You produce smoke from wood because it's incomplete combustion. Well, it may be that some of the hydrocarbon gets through the burning process, but very damn little. When you burn anything, you create uh, carbon monoxide, oxides of nitrogen, and as I say, a few other chemicals. So the guy doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. All right, thank you. You bet, Joe. See ya. Stay tuned for me to get this in language I can handle. Uh, good luck. At EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, it's right downtown Forest Lake. You can't miss it. In fact, a lot of people who go to Grunhofer's drive uh, north on 61, another five miles, and they're stopped right at the front door of EcoFun Motorsports. I got my Bentelli electric assist bike at EcoFun Motorsports. They have a full line of Yamaha motorcycle products, and they uh, specialize in quality, affordable scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, all of the equipment and the service that you want. EcoFun sells Bintelli e-bikes. I got a bronze-colored one. I've been riding it. You can pedal it on your own or use the motor assist, or you can use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. Stop in, take a test ride. You are going to love these electric assist bikes. And at EcoFun, you'll discover there's no other store in Minnesota that offers an on-the-floor display of electric assist bikes that compares to what you will find at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you're not paying the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at the shops that exclusively sell bicycles. This is a store that sells fun. See it for yourself. Take that short drive to Forest Lake and check out EcoFun Motorsports or learn more at EcoFunMotorsports.com. Welcome back, Geology. It's the Rook. The best of Garage Logic continues. Now I know you want Joe to be able to speak with Chris Taylor from Time Magazine. And after all the math, after all the headaches... He finally gets to talk, and there's some number crunching, and, and the buildup is here. But I promise, in this segment, Joe Souchere talks to Chris Taylor from Time Magazine concerning weed whackers. I just think I thought of a way uh, to bring this all home and to say it simply, okay. and I, I, that's why I'm a little late here. It occurred to me there's got to be something called an Outdoor Power Equipment Manufacturers Association. All right. right? Okay. And there is. And here it is. Um, the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute. Imagine that. All right. Here's what I was thinking in my own simple way. This guy claims a billion tons of hydrocarbons emitted by weed whackers. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you there aren't a billion weed whackers in production. Does that stand to reason? Think of that. Do you yes. really think there's a billion weed whackers? I'm agreeing with you. There, there's no let's possible say, way. Let's say there's a billion weed whackers. Let's say, because I used to move a lot of Echo products. Let's say there's a billion weed whackers in the hands of human beings. That means... Each weed whacker would have to produce 
a ton, would have to contribute a ton of this pollution mess this guy imagines, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's say uh, each, each weed whacker has to produce a ton. Mm-hmm. That means each weed whacker, and, and if, uh, if a gallon of gas is seven pounds, seven goes into 2,000 how many times? Uh, now we're getting somewhere. 2,000 divided by... 2,000 divided by 7 equals 285 times. All right. Each weed whacker would have to burn per year 285 gallons of gas. It And they don't. It's that simple. There. Huh? Now, Very I would good. be nice to find out if there are a billion weed whackers in existence. And I'm on ref desk here, and I'm looking up... Uh, uh, power equipment. Just manu- to see what he got in there. Manufacturers Association, and maybe we could quick call them and see if uh, they have a statistic like that. All right. Uh, this, uh, uh, Kelly, I'm sorry, Kelly will have to do it because I can't do the both. She's already dialed. All right. Roger? Yeah. You're on. Well, I, I have a problem with, you know, a couple of calls back. The gentleman was talking about uh, how many gallons of fuel uh, you'd have to use up in, in all these things. And that would would have to be with zero efficiency, considering that your other caller was right about they don't they don't produce hydrocarbons, they just use mm-hmm. so the waste you know, the waste hydrocarbons would require that that figure would have to be right. zero efficiency. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. You're breaking up on us. Uh-oh. All right. Thank you. I'm sorry. Ricey. Mike? Hey, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a way for you to, to make this real easy. I think I just did, didn't I? Well. I got closer. Yeah. Um, first thing, a billion weed whackers. Now, think about this. There would be no weeds left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And so, therefore, no more emissions. But anyway, now, here's... <laughs> You know, a mayor of a town, Joe, should have people that does this for Yeah, him. I need math people. And uh, all these people calling in, I would say that, you know, sooner or later, you'll run across somebody that can explain it to everybody very well mm-hmm. and do the math, and then you don't have to do it. As a mayor, I mean, you you don't need to handle that stuff. That's yeah. other people. But, uh, hey, I used to work at Toro. Mm-hmm. you got a bunch of garage logicians at Toro. Somebody over there can work stuff out for you. So have Kelly give somebody at Toro a call or some local source like that, and you'll get all the information you need. And then, you know, it's easy. You don't have to worry about it. All right, thank you. All right, Joe. Let's do that. Let's call Toro. All right. Either, well, either Toro or the, if she found the Outdoor Equipment Manufacturers Association. Time's drawing nigh. Mm-hmm. She's I, working on it right now. I Ten minutes here, and I'm flop sweating. Uh, I think you're going to do much better than you think. <clears throat> Long to keep your mouth shut. Ben, hi Joe. Hi. Um, I think you're on the right track with that uh, calculation you did earlier. But the billion, one, the billion weed whackers. Yeah, but I think one thing you got to concentrate on. This guy's the national correspondent for Time out of San Francisco. All he's doing is reporting. He's got a source that told him this stuff. And I think the thing you ought to ask him is, do you guys ever check your numbers when sources give you this stuff? Yeah, I'll ask I'm, him who the source is, too. Yeah, and I mean, it's like whether they're reporting Social Security junk or, um, 
you know, no matter what they're reporting, you get some outrageous number, outrageous calculation, and, and they never go back and double-check their sources. All right, so good, yeah, good point. Do... We'll get the source. Okay. All right, thank, thank you. Brian? Yeah, when you get this guy on the phone and he says, hey, it was a typo, I meant pounds, mm-hmm. just divide by 2,000, and it's still totally bogus. And then I want you to ask him what he had for dinner in the last two days and bring up that methane gas from cows. All right. I think it's safe to assume that this guy has a bias against evil Western culture. So I, I would, I pretty much, I'm pretty much uh, uh, convinced that when he speaks of the pollution caused by weed whackers, he's pretty much addressing his uh, nonsense to Americans. So he might be agreeable to use the American uh, equation, but. I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to have to leave the scientific equations out of it and just try and establish if he thinks there's a billion weed whackers in existence. That's 3.5 weed whackers per man, woman, and child in the United States. And if there is a billion weed whackers in existence, each one would have to uh, create a ton of pollution a year, or let's just say, burn a ton of gasoline, uh, if he's agreeable to that. And uh, that would be 285 gallons of gas a year used in each weed whacker. Well, that makes no sense. I haven't used a half gallon yet this year, much less 285 gallons. Not to mention the fact, somebody just brought up the point that there's a lot of electric weed whackers out there as well. Mm-hmm. They're not all gas. Mm-hmm. Well, who? Well, who's that? I'm just a guy. Oh. I'm just helping her while she's talking. I got gotcha. you. Sure. Joe? Yes. There was a science teacher on a while ago, and I think that might be part of the problem. He was counting carbon dioxide and water. As pollutants, that's what you get when you burn hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, how many plants would we have if there wasn't carbon dioxide in the air? And how much uh, plants or people if there wasn't water? These things are just part of the life cycle. Right. So we're just uh, making more of what uh, trees and flowers need when we use our weed whackers. I got you. Wonderful world. It is. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, Joe, I called Toro, Mm -hmm. and I talked to one of their representatives, and their educated guess is in the United States there are 30 million weed whackers or string trimmers, like Toro likes to call them. Right. But 40% of those are electric string trimmers, and 60% are gas. And then in the world, about 15 million. So educated guess. Wait, Kelly, don't talk so fast. Oh, sorry. Toro's educated guess is 30 million string trimmers in the U.S., of which 40% are electric. Yep. Right? And how many are gas? 60%. 60% gas. And uh, throughout the rest of the world, they estimate how many string trimmers? 15 million. 15. That's 45 million weed whackers. This is a guess by Toro, which makes them. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's considerably short of a billion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ho, ho. <laughs> Aha. All right, we have joining us uh, Chris Taylor in San Francisco. Hello, Chris. 
Hello, Joe. How are you doing? My name's Joe Souchere, and you are uh, are you a Time Magazine correspondent based in San Francisco? That's exactly right. Are you a member of the Blue Water Network by any chance? The Blue Water Network. Yeah. No, I okay. can't say I know what that is. Chris, the reason we're calling is I was reading the uh, Time uh, special issue, How to Save the Earth, and you have a... Uh, you have noted 10 eco-friendly products here and did a little uh, paragraph on each of them. Indeed. And you're touting a robotic lawnmower. That's right. And uh, in, the, in your praise for the robotic lawnmower, you say that uh, two-stroke weed whackers are horrible for the planet, uh, releasing a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. That's as far as we understand it, yes. What is your source for the billion tons? You know, uh, I don't have any sources to hand, but that is what we call in the business a red check. means that, uh, you know, we got that from two other trusted sources, other publications. Well, but, but, but if, see, we've been wrestling here on the, mm-hmm. on the air today with the, with the idea of how that could be possible. And it, it can't be possible. It's mathematically impossible. Let me, uh, let me try and explain to you. Let's assume for the sake of your reporting, which is terribly uh, 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 clumsy, that a billion weed whackers even exist, right? Okay. Let's assume that there are a billion weed whackers in existence. That means that every man, woman, and child in the United States would have to own 3.5 weed whackers. So as you look out your window there in San Francisco, every person you see, each individually, would have to own 3.5 weed whackers in order for there to be a billion. I'm just using the United States population. Well, we were talking about worldwide. All right. But just for the sake of my argument, let's say a billion weed whackers exist worldwide, right? Okay. Each weed whacker, you're claiming, is responsible for a ton of of pollutant matter. Uh, that well, means that, that means let's just say let's just say that's because they use gasoline, right? Right. Okay. That means a billion weed whackers each would have to burn two hundred and eighty-five gallons of gas a year. Well, you know, Joe, I'm not an expert on engines, but uh, I, can, I know that I this know figure that. was. This yeah. figure was referring to two-stroke engines. That's not but d- that doesn't make any difference. A billion weed whackers would have to burn 285 gallons of fuel, then, per year. I have a weed whacker, and I haven't used a third of a gallon yet this year. Now, does it stand to reason to you as a reporter that a weed whacker would consume 285 gallons of fuel a year? just based on your own observance of these little contraptions? Well, no, you put it like that, I, I don't. But, you know, to be honest, um, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, then why so. in God's name in a magazine supposedly as credible as Time magazine would you print it if you didn't think about it? Because we found it in many other sources. But you can't name them for me. <laughs> well, Joe, if you've given me some warning... Uh, that this is what you wanted to talk about, then maybe I could. Well, how about you call me back? Call me back and give me your two. What do you call them in the business? Red, red check. Red check. Yeah. What business is that? Journalism. That's journalism. Yes. I see. I. I've um, been but around. Are you disputing the the uh, the basis of the article, which is that you know gasoline is generally 
Oh, absolutely. Not as good for the article. Oh, uh, this is uh, this is preposterous, uh, preposterous, and reporting like this does, is is absolutely useless. When you break these numbers down, they cannot make sense. But are you disputing that gasoline is better for the environment or worse for the environment rather than electricity? All right, now I'll give you the statistics as long as you brought it up, because the people who favor electricity seem to think that somehow electricity is magically produced. If you could get a billion of anything on a power grid, they'd probably collapse. But here are the statistics on weed whackers uh, by the Toro Manufacturing Company, which produces them. They estimate that worldwide there are 45 million weed whackers in existence. In the United States, 30 million, 40% of which are electric. So now that really puts pressure on you to defend the billion pounds of hydrocarbon nonsense. Not to mention that you can't make a hydrocarbon by burning a hydrocarbon, which is, in essence, what you're claiming here, releasing a billion tons of hydrocarbons into the atmosphere each year. What you're burning are hydrocarbons. You can't create them by burning them. Carbon dioxide, maybe, and a lot of water, but you're not resulting in hydrocarbons. It's terribly shoddy reporting uh, from a magazine that used to be considered in good stead. So you think we should be using gasoline lawnmowers instead of electric No, I think you should get your facts straight and print stuff that makes sense because all this is is nonsense. This is utter nonsense. And if you stop to think about it, you'll realize that it's nonsense. So thanks, Chris, and good luck to you. Thank you, Joe. All right. Go get him, boy. Well, he wanted to take it down that road, don't you think gasoline is evil? And I wanted to stick to get your reporting straight. That's right. And that's why he was silent. He couldn't defend it. Red check. You know what you can red I've, check? I've been in the business. Here, how about red check and that? I got red check this. <laughs> I got your red check. No, he wanted to, we won't talk out of school. He's no longer on the air. No. That's why I ended it. He wanted to go down the road of, well, gasoline's evil. That's neither here nor there. I was talking about your numbers here, pal. They don't make sense. In a magazine such as Time, you would think that those would be very accurate. Mm-hmm. Or you'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think that worked out. All I right. think that was fantastic. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's the Rook here for Thomas Liquors in St. Paul, right in the heart of Mac Groveland on Grand Avenue in Pryor. And if you're a St. Paulite and you know Thomas Liquors well, you probably know a member of the Thomas family. Several generations at this wonderful it's, liquor store doesn't do it justice. It's a wine shop. And if you haven't stopped by Thomas's month, right now is the time because the 20% off wine sale is coming to a close at the end of business on Sunday. So you have until close on Sunday. They've got great surprises. They're going out with a bang. Friday and Saturday, they have really neat wines at the tasting bar with Saturday's tasting focus on some incredible French wines. So pretend you're sipping wine next to the Eiffel Tower. At Thomas Liquors, they want to 
educate. They want to keep you happy. That's their first priority. And of course, right now is the best. This is right now, this sale, wine sale, it's the best time to put them to the test. They're the best prices you're going to see on wine through the rest of the summer, and they make it very easy to buy. No gimmicks, no exceptions, and there's no reason not to stop by and stock up. Yeah, stock up right now. Get down to Thomas Liquor this weekend and help celebrate the end of the sale by saving you a ton of cash. Remember, their expert staff is at your service, and Thomas is always a place people come by choice, not by chance. You want to check out their wares? Go to thomaslickers.com. You want to give them a buzz? They will tell you all about their Best Wine Shop Award in 2018. 651-699-1860. Tell Mike Thomas the rookie sent you and get a free bottle of wine. Thomas Liquors. Please stay with us. What you're listening to is an encore presentation of some of the best of Garage Logic. Daryl. How are you doing? Good. I'm calling about you had commented on writing camps. Yeah, there's a writing camp for women up in Lutzen, apparently. Yes, I just attended one this summer down in uh, Carlisle, Iowa. Right. And uh, pretty interesting situation, your mind and body purification. You you underwent a mind and body purification? Yes. We woke up in the morning. Mm-hmm. We ate nothing but water and vegetables for one week. Mm-hmm. We bathed in mud in the morning. Why? Why? That... Okay. Totally naked. Yeah. And then we put capes on. Yeah. And then we sat and wrote. Really? And it opened up our minds. Yeah. It gave us everything to uh, get our innermost feelings out and write them down on uh, paper. What kind of writing uh, were you doing? Uh, basically, I was uh, inner writing. I was, uh, I wrote books. I've written two books now. Uh-huh. The last one I wrote down there. Have they sold pretty well? Uh, neither have been published. I see. Uh, are but they uh, are they adventures or? Uh, uh, basically, they're uh, kind of um, I guess I would call them cop type murder stories. Right. You know, tough to tough to get into that mindset though when you're uh, when you're doing the vegetable and the mud bath thing. I would imagine. Well, I mean, did that was the I pa- like the, the cape thing got me going. Did the paper get muddy? Was it tough to write with the, the muddy hand, or was that... I, uh, it wasn't the hand that got in the way. Uh-huh. But I just... What was the name of this writing camp? It was called, um... It was called Carlisle Open Mind Writing Carlisle Open Mind Writing Camp. Yes. What do you normally do for a living, sir? Uh, me? Yeah. Okay, what I do, I'm a uh, salesman. Right. And I sell uh, McNest products. I don't, I'm unfamiliar with those. They're like, uh, um, I'm trying to, um, vitamins. Oh, okay. Sure. And uh, were, were men and women at the writing camp that you attended? Yes, they were. And uh, so you had that going for you. But we came with an open mind. Right. So we did not, there was nothing sexual. We just got into our writing. Right. Mm, that's kind of a letdown for you, I bet. Yeah, huh? That's no fun. <laughs> well, Daryl, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I hope your books get published. I just, well, one other thought, I don't want people to get the mad cow disease. Right. And ick, burr, nine leaner. All right, thank you. I'm going to flag that call. I think we should save that. We'll be back.
University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self-Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Hey, boaters or would-be boaters, don't let this summer drift away. Get to Rapid Sports Marine. Four locations, Ham Lake, Shakopee, Rogers, and St. Cloud. Right now, a little overabundance of models throughout all brands. Crestliner, Lund, Glastron, and Ranger. They need to move these. The 2020s are already arriving. Crestliner boats, your grandfather had a Crestliner, or your uncle. Everyone has had a Crestliner boat. They've been made in Minnesota for over 70 years. And uh, you probably rode in one when you were growing up. Rapid Marine is Minnesota's largest Crestliner dealer, also Glastron, and has a sale priced on all 2019 models so you can make the most of the summer and uh, for you 21sters deep into the fall. With a quiet, fuel-efficient Mercury four-stroke on the back, it will not only up your cylinder index, but let you get to the fish every time. And don't forget, you mention my name or GL, you're going to get an extra $250 off already on these extremely low prices. Nice. Rapid Marine has been in business since 1970, owned by the same family since 1978. Full service department for your boat or for a pontoon. And uh, I love the style of those Glastrons. I love the style of those Crestliners. Four locations, Ham Lake, Shakopee, Rogers, and uh, St. Cloud, actually Sock Rapids off Highway 23 East of St. Cloud, rapidmarine.com. Well, I can't wait to talk to this fellow, and if you haven't heard him uh, before, you're in for a treat, John Evans. John, are you still at the University of Minnesota? Still slogging away in the trenches. History professor. Yep, unfortunately still doing that. Leaving your office door open for all student consultations. Absolutely. I wouldn't dream of seeing a student behind closed doors, and I don't even live in Wyzetta. What is your uh, view of uh, current American uh, affairs at the moment? Well, actually, Joe, I just called to make uh, one comment uh, from a historian's perspective, and that mm. is that uh, I'm puzzled by the public's clear insistence on trying to delineate sexual as private behavior from the president's public behavior. Mm-hmm. There haven't been all that many impeachments of federal officials, and as I'm sure you all know, uh, most of them have been uh, judges. Right. And the most instructive in case is, in fact, the very first impeachment, which was a federal judge in 1803. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known to wander into his chambers and to render decisions that were, shall we say, liberally laced with alcohol uh, and the odd expletive. Mm-hmm. And he was impeached for uh, public displays of drunkenness, and taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1803, that's awfully early in the history of the Republic. Awful lot of the founding fathers were still around. Mm-hmm. And neither Mr. Madison nor Mr. Jefferson jumped up and protested that this didn't rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors and that this was a perversion of what they had intended with the impeachment uh, article in the Constitution. Uh, that first case reminds us that... Uh, Above all, in a, in a constitution where the presidency is deliberately designed to be a weak office, that the uh, founding fathers considered it imperative that the president have the moral capacity to lead. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, we use the phrase bully pulpit. Once a president forfeits his right to command the bully pulpit, he really forfeits his right to the office. And the president, of course, has, has long since made that forfeiture. Oh, this fellow has forfeited the bully pulpit. There's, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Uh, well, how do you see it playing out? Well, so far it's, it's playing out about the way it should. If you go back and look at the uh, uh, prosecution of President Johnson in the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, uh, he was uh, from eastern Tennessee, from the Unionist part of the state, uh, assumed the office only because of Lincoln's assassination, 
and instantly found himself at war with a radical Reconstructionist Congress, uh, which, among other things, passed a law uh, telling him that if he fired Secretary of War Stanton, he'd be impeached. Which he promptly did, by he the way. He promptly did that. The House promptly impeached him. And it looked, uh, you know, as a matter of calculus, it looked overwhelmingly likely that he would, in fact, be removed from office. But uh, no less than seven radical uh, senators who personally loathed Johnson uh, saw the calling of their constitutional duty and voted to acquit, even though each one of them knew that it would mean both his political and personal destruction, and that's the way it turned out for all seven. But they tried, to, I mean, that, that clearly was a political uh, movement to get Johnson, right? Yes, what, I, what I'm getting at here is if people think that the tone in the House Judiciary Committee will become unduly partisan, that really is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, its function in this process is really to serve as a, uh, a grand jury rather than a jury. It's not even meant to engage in the kind of prolonged examination of the evidence that happened in Watergate. That, mm-hmm. was, that was not the way the process was conceived to work. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to deliver the grand jury and then adopt the role of prose- prosecutor. And the evidence is supposed to be weighed out in formal trial by the uh, before the United States Senate with the uh, Chief Justice presiding. Right. That's where the trial and the entirety of the evidentiary proceedings should take place. Right. So all of this stuff that you're seeing now about how unfair it is that the president hadn't, hasn't had a chance to review the report, that uh, people on the Democratic side of the, uh, of the Congress are screaming that, uh, that nothing should happen with, without... Uh, uh, the president and his lawyers being able to cross-examine all the uh, all the witnesses before the House Judiciary Committee, that's just constitutionally not the way the system is po- supposed to function. Mm-hmm. Their day in court comes in formal trial before the United States Senate. So if the Constitution works as it should, this should go forward very quickly, since you have a, a report backed up with a substantial body of evidence. The House Judiciary Committee should really do nothing more than hold a yay or nay vote on whether the evidence behind the report is substantive. Uh, and if it de- deems it to be substantive, it should draft articles of impeachment and then lay out the case for the nation to survey uh, uh, as it's tried before the Senate. And essentially, the Senate would be a courtroom. Yes, a courtroom. And Clinton uh, would be present as though uh, in a criminal trial. Mm-hmm. Right. And no high high bar needs to be talked about here with regard to uh, uh, the nature of the offenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, again, a complete uh, uh, misdirection of the subject matter. What uh, the high bar uh, is, is is constitutionally in place. It is not a majority vote. It is a two-third vote. Mm-hmm. It will require 67 votes in the affirmative for the president to be removed from office. Mm-hmm. 34 votes uh, in his favor will keep him in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very high bar in and of itself. Uh, and do you see uh, uh, Mr. Clinton uh, stubborn enough to just let this go to, in essence, a trial in the Senate? I believe he will allow the trial to, to take place. I do not believe he will ever resign from office. Hmm. Uh, it, it seems to me that uh, uh, he is vulnerable uh, upon leaving office to civil charges from which, if I understand the law correctly, he cannot be pardoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, President Gore could pardon him for all, all of his criminal uh, felonies and misdemeanors, mm-hmm. but he would still be vulnerable to a resumption of the Paula Jones trial and as civil damages that could accrue in the amount of millions upon millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think his his lawyers are counseling him to to stay the course on this one. And personally, uh, if I had if I had to guess, I, I would say probably um, that this is a sufficiently murky matter that he would be able to get the 34 or, four or more votes he needed in the uh, in the uh, trial to sustain him in the White House. I don't believe that you'll find a sufficient number of Democrats who will vote for his impeachment 
uh, to carry the to carry the issue. How do you put a historical perspective on this being such a culturally low moment? Well, we've been we've been culturally adrift, of course, for a very long time. Uh, one of the things that I'm hopeful about is that uh, there will, in fact, be a formal impeachment trial because it seems to me that the public is woefully ignorant about the Constitution, about the rule of law, uh, and needs some hard schooling. Uh, and if nothing else, such a trial, however wrenching it might be for the country, uh, would remind us all that there is a Constitution, that this is a republic, no one is above the law, and that officials are to be held accountable to the same standards as private citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if such a drama could be played out and the public could begin to absorb the lesson that character matters, that actions matter because there are consequences to actions and one has to take responsibility for those consequences, that as a nation we would uh, we would indeed profit from this. Mm-hmm. So I agree with President Clinton that the anguish that we're going through may strengthen us as a nation. It's just that I see that the strengthening process coming from the impeachment trial, mm-hmm. uh, something I'm sure he doesn't. See, and I'm under the impression that it that this can't happen as quickly as you say it can happen, but apparently it, it can. Yeah, it can. It it depends upon whether or not. Uh, frankly, whether or not the Republicans want to milk this for all they can. Um, uh, Chairman Hyde is, is, is uh, I think, uh, both a fair-minded person and a good constitutional scholar. Uh, my sense is that he would prefer to expedite this. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised if uh, the Judiciary Committee stays in session uh, during the recess leading up to the elections, and don't be surprised if... Uh, Speaker Gingrich keeps the House on call so that he can summon it back to vote on articles of impeachment. I, I would expect uh, the process might happen fairly quickly, but again, this is a political process, and uh, the constitutional calculus is only one part of it. All right. Well, uh, now that I know you're still around, I'm going to be in touch. Well, thank you. I'm glad to see that you're prospering, Mr. Mayor. All right, sir, I'll be in touch. Okay, goodbye. All right, John Evans teaches history at the University of Minnesota. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's Best of Garage Logic Edition. It's uh, Reavers here back in the Garage Logic Podcast Studios. Uh, Joe is taking a couple of days off, but don't worry, he'll be back bright, shinier than ever on uh, Monday. We will have another Best of Garage Logic for you tomorrow. And thank you so much for sticking with us. We really, really appreciate it. We'd love your feedback too. Go to garagelogic.com and uh, send us an email submission. Let us know how we're doing or if you've got an idea or maybe a thought, whatever. Uh, we love hearing from you. Also, if you're willing to advertise, we'd love to hear from you too. Garagelogic.com. And don't forget to check out some of the features with Greg Holcomb and also rate us on Apple iTunes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Best of Garage Logic. Talk to you again tomorrow.